Hey, loyal listeners, it's Niall. That's right, but you didn't expect to hear me at the start of the show, before the music. It's just like the start of Rogue One when the Star Wars theme didn't show up, and there was no opening crawl. Although, I am the opening crawl. So yeah, we decided to record a special episode talking about the Disney Investor Day, and all the neat new Star Wars stuff shown off. The only problem is, we talked for three hours which is too long for a regular episode. So we've decided to break it up into three segments, each named like an episode of The Mandalorian. Listen on and find out why we chose these particular names. See you later. Hello there. Welcome to the Monday Lorians, a podcast where a bunch of Star Wars fans get together for a chat every Monday discussing the latest episode of The Mandalorian Season 2. Except for this episode, when it will be out on a Tuesday, and instead of talking about Season 2 of The Mandalorian, we're going to be discussing and breaking down all the Star Wars announcement that happened at the recent 2020 Disney Investor Day. Very exciting stuff. So, my name is Jake Hart. I'm a podcaster, sound designer, and writer on Fresh Take Hub, and I'm joined today by the whole gang of the Monday Lorians. Yeah, I'm David Osger. I am a writer and editor on Fresh Take Hub and all-round Star Wars nerd fan. Can't wait for today. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Niall. I also write for Fresh Take, as well as an Irish game site, Gamer. And I'm so happy to be joined by two fellow gentlemen who also watched an hour of Investor Talk just to get to some Star Wars footage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we were there for, like, the we, whole, like, Yeah, we, we did it all, now. Like, by... You guys are crazy. Yeah, when, when uh, after Marvel finished, um, they went into, like, really, like, business the investor stuff, and then they had, like, a Q&A with investors. At that point, I was like, and uh, this is where I clock out for the night. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how long could that... It was almost a challenge at that point. How far can I get into the Q&A? And I was like, uh... And then they were like, another question about ESPN. And I was like, this is the moment. <laughs> I was like, Niall did ESPN not like the sports. <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like sports. <laughs> no. I'm telling you, there's going to be a pod racing show announced. And then, you know, then we'll get some... Disney Controversially, I don't think in. I don't think auto <laughs> racing is a sport. But I'm I will watch the. I'm podcast. telling you, they're gonna make a documentary, the history behind the Boonta Eve classic. You're gonna get you're gonna get interviews with Sabulba, with Watto. Uh, it's gonna be a great night. Like, the two heads. Yeah, they're, they're guys. They're gonna be like, yeah, I've been doing this for thirty years. <laughs> I do wonder, did Anakin ruin it? Because like when a baby won that competition, it's like this is no longer the coolest race in the galaxy. Ben Quadernero's like the story of how he ruined his life. He's gone to drink, and you know, wife left him. Everything went downhill after that. After that race. So yeah, uh, we decided that there was way too much news to come out of this investor day that we could not do an episode of the Monday Lawrence to talk to you guys. And it's funny because with these investor calls, like I've always joked and sort of called them Iger cons 
because <laughs> a lot of the time it's just Iger uh, spewing out all this information and it seems that for the past few years it seems the only way we get information about Star Wars is through these investor calls. Uh, but this one was something different. It was it was very clearly designed for investors and business, but there was a lot of stuff for the general public and fans. And it kind of got to the level of the thing that I've wanted for quite a while in Star Wars uh, that Marvel have been doing really successfully is that they have always done like these big events where they announce all their movies and their, and the, the upcoming slate of what's coming out, really, you know, hyping what's going to happen. Um, and this was a little injection of Lucasfilm sort of going, we know what we're doing, we know where we're going, we're confirming things, we're announcing brand new things, look at this huge galaxy of Star Wars that is coming to you. So for me, that was just so cool to see. Um, what about you guys? Well, I, I, you know, I agree with what you say there. I thought it was such a shame, though, because obviously this year everything's been cancelled. And, you know, obviously uh, Star Wars Celebration was cancelled. And I can't help but imagine some of these announcements, you know, with fans applauding. What a wonderful sight that would have been, rather than kind of snuck into the back end of a, a business presentation. But, man, yeah, great stuff announced. I can't complain. Well, actually, maybe I will later <laughs> on. We'll get to it. But Dave, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's kind of like what you said, isn't it? It's unfortunate that it wasn't actually a fan event like DC Fandom in which they could be like, this is for the fans. It was like, no, like we're just being transparent that this is so we can get people to invest and, you know, we need money. Uh, so it makes sense in that sense that they're like, look at all the stuff we got and look how we're going to attract all these people. And yeah, it might have made sense, you know, to stretch it out a bit more. And like you said, you know, imagine having fans you know, celebrating and reacting to all of this kind of stuff. And also there is the aspect that some people have woken up today or were after that and they were just like, I'm a bit fatigued and taken aback by all these announcements. It's, it's surprising that they've, and like I said, in a, a year where so much stuff has been cancelled that they haven't kind of gone, oh, and, you know, and they stretched this out a bit. You know, they were like, no, let's throw it all <laughs> out there. Like, Yeah, because right um, so, you know, one of the early well. announcements Bob Iger made at the start of it, he did like the... We're going to have 10 Star Wars shows and like 15 Pixar and whatever. And that came out on Twitter yeah. as it was happening. And people were just so tired because even, I, you know, I was too. Because when you hear the numbers, it sounds it sounds like so much, you know, I don't know what it is. But then when you hear what the things are, they become tangible. It's like, oh, that is a good idea. But when mm. you make it a number, it sounds so cynical and rubbish. Yeah, you're just yeah. a statistic, isn't it? So it's mm. like you're just a number on a on a form, and it's just like, oh, we want to do ten shows per, you know, five years or whatever, and like these are just mm. checkboxing that goal we've set ourselves. So that's the interesting thing about it is they're such mm. a businessy setup event, but they then attach this fan showcase element to it, which is, again, you know, it'd be interesting for when they also do, uh, what's it called? Uh, the Disney Channel equivalent of, what Disney? Well, Disney equivalent mm -hmm. of the D twenty three, yeah, D twenty. Yeah, I think. It, yeah. You know, like you said, Niall, when you said ten new Star Wars show, when you say it like that, the statistics as facts as like a number, you think a lot of people think, oh, ten shows of the same thing, but then mm. this fits in perfectly with my allegory that I've been telling you about, and I have always dreamed 
of a Star Wars buffet. Okay? And I have always hoped that this was where Star Wars would eventually head. Making lots of different kinds of Star Wars so that not one bit of Star Wars storytelling had to hold the whole weight of the legacy and the franchise. Do you know what I mean? We can hopefully get to a point where not everybody is going to watch all Star Wars, and that's okay, and you don't even have to watch all Star Wars to get into it. And this really felt like with the different eras, new characters, old characters, the actual diversity of the creators, actors, and writers, this is a huge buffet dream. You know, of, for example, if you're somebody who likes Starfighter pilots, you're going to have a delicious meal coming from Patty Jenkins. You know what I mean? But for people who are not interested in that, that's cool because you've got Mando if you're into the Bounty Hunter stuff. And if you're into the Jedi stuff, oh, guess what? There's a little slice of pie for you over there as well on this buffet. So this is why I've always wanted Star Wars to be this. And, you know, it's kind of cheesy, but Kathleen Kennedy did say, I believe there is a Star Wars story for everyone. And I be totally believe that. I think you can definitely, uh, you know, go out to all ages, all different types of people, and everybody can enjoy Star Wars in different ways. That's a, that's a very good analogy. The only problem with it is as soon as you said Star Wars buffet, the analogy fell apart because I just really want a real Star Wars buffet. <laughs> Man, some of that food. I'll eat, Dexter's I'll eat some frog milk. eggs. I don't care. I think also it's the fact that if you think about it in the context of the entire presentation, you know, they say, oh, all these Pixar shorts and all these series and Disney series. Well, when you look back at it as a whole, Disney Plus has always been like that. You know, when they first launched, they were like, oh, there's going to be a Forky series and there's going to be this. And, you know, it, it just turned out to be like a little five minute, you know, episode per week. And, you know, which is kind of just fun things for kids. So there's also putting that context into it. And we kind of get that with the Star Wars stuff, isn't it? It's just, you know, one of them is the anime series. And that's been, you know, it is shorts, you know. So and then there's the the droid uh story is kind of like a fun you know so like you said jake it is the fact that there are lots of different aspects but it isn't just this like oh we're gonna have like 10 10 hour long episode series which are all gonna be like the mando show the baby yoda show the you know it's, it's not that it's just that there's different types of mediums different short content long content one-offs like i think it was, it was interesting that they called like the ahsoka like a sort of uh mm. what do they call it? like a limited series so, you know, it, there's that as well. So, yeah, it definitely is. And I've always, you know, I've said for a lot of times since Clone Wars, I was like, I think the future of Star Wars is in television because it gives you that bigger scope to work within uh, because there's so many stories and parts mm. of the galaxy you can explore. So, yeah, that, I think that that's the good as aspect about it. And like you said, it's not hindering just on this one franchise and this one set of films, which have a lot of weight and Yeah, I agree with you them. in the sense of, I've, I've said for a while now that the future of Star Wars is also on TV. After seeing how, you know, the fan base has built up over Clone Wars and Rebels, uh, and now with The Mandalorian, and, you know, Disney weren't kidding when they said earlier in the year, due to this year that's happened with the pandemic and stuff, that they're going to be doubling, uh, I'm going to say it, we shall double our efforts um, on, <laughs> on the streaming services <laughs> and Disney Plus and stuff. They weren't kidding, man. They, they've they gone all out. And 
just by the titles and the premises of a lot of these shows that they're going to do, they're not going to be cheap either. They're spending some serious money on these shows. So, you know, I think for Star Wars fans, this is going to be our home for the next five, ten years at least. Let me ju- let me jump in. I have to because I'm I'm still technically a film student for a few more days, <laughs> but I am very happy that they confirmed the future Star Wars is not only on television. No, no, there is still. They said theater oh, yeah. a lot, which made me happy because yes, we all know there's been news lately that I've not liked. Uh, but that 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 really did yeah. warm my heart. That's a story for another podcast now. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I'm. I'm not at all. So when I say that the future of Star Wars is in television, it doesn't mean to detriment of the theatrical experience. So I too am really excited mm. that we've got these theatrical announcements, especially because, like I said, they could have easily made this just about Disney Plus, but they said no, we want to announce some theatrical stuff at the same time. Um, but also, it's just the fact that you know when we look back at you know without getting too off you know with Lucasfilm, but just Disney as a whole, a lot of these projects were, and everything were already saw speculated and talked about before the pandemic was even a thing so there was nothing i came away from from this presentation which went oh that's too bad that that's now gone to disney plus to me everything seemed Mm -hmm. like it stayed the same i think some of the disney projects maybe some of the animations um maybe yeah they've done the sort of double you know we'll put it in theaters and disney plus but i don't think it's really affected any of the lucas or marvel stuff at all um so i think we're getting pretty much what we would have had anyway um, and Disney has always been the type of company that'll be like, hey, you know, let's make an Aladdin cartoon TV series. Let's do that, you know. So they've always been that kind of, you know, company which makes series off the back of some of their popular properties. So, you know, and, that, and that's what, you know, a lot of people wanted. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, perfect segue then into, we start off with the films then, I guess, since uh, we are, from the beginning, we are film fans and Star Wars originated from film and we want to keep the theatrical experience going. So, uh, this one caught me off guard and caught a lot of people off guard, and that is Rogue Squadron, directed by Paddy Jenkins, and it's going to be released December 2023, and this is the premise from StarWars.com. The story will introduce a new generation of Starfighter pilots as they earn their wings and risk their lives in a boundary-pushing, high-speed thrill ride and move the saga into the future era of the galaxy. So, Niall, what do you think of this premise? What do you think of Paddy Jenkins coming on? Well, the premise I'm on board with, it's not... And this maybe I'll sound like a hypocrite because I really like the dogfighting stuff in Star Wars and I love the Rogue Squadron games from, from years ago. But it's maybe just not... Especially with Paddy Jenkins, just when I think of Wonder Woman and some of the things she's done before, it wouldn't be... It wouldn't be something I've ever speculated or really wanted, but it's more Paddy Jenkins than the premise that excites me because I think she's a really clever director and I'm really looking forward to seeing what she brings to it. And just the wording of next generation into the future is so ambiguous. I'm like, what does it mean? So that's kind of got me almost more than the dogfighting itself, which I'll, I'll love. I'll love it. Why do I even, why do I even try? Dave? Well, it's weird timing actually as well because I was the other day I was in uh, my mum's attic. We were like clearing through some stuff, and like Niall might like nerd out. I found my like N sixty four squadron like game like in box. I was like, my God! So like, what a time to find that. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm the same as Niall. I like 
I'm not as excited. I've never been like a big, you know, I know that there are fans who are like, I love the space stuff. I love the ships and all that kind of stuff. And I appreciate that, but it's never been my favorite aspect of it. Um, but like Niall, I like the fact that Patty Jenkins is coming from this from a personal point of view. I think for a long time, we have needed that idea of just like, let's n- get to know the pilots and see them as a team. We've never got, got to really have that, especially because the fact that it is, you know, Red 5, Red 1, you know, that's always been such a big part of the films, but we've never actually got to know any of these squadrons or groups. Um, but but also, like Niall said, I'm more interested in the fact that they said this is leading to a new generation or to a new part of the franchise. So, because I, that's my, one of my big concerns from the entire thing and all the projects is, you know, obviously we, we said before in the podcast, you know, on Monday Lorians, et cetera, is we want new, new, new. And, you know, I don't like this idea of continuously going back on oh, this look, you know, like it is fun sometimes to be like on oh, this look inside, you know, like the, the points between that series and that film and, you know, et cetera. But um, I do want to go forward and, you know, go into new territories we don't know because that means that we'll get new ships, new species, new cultures, new stories. You know, I don't want to continuously keep going back backwards because ultimately you know what the end goal is you know as much as we enjoy mandalorian you know you know that the first order becomes a thing you know what the ending kind of is for the imperials at least you know so um that's why i'm excited for that is to see where it goes and i hope that it even though it's a rogue squadron film i hope that we get to see maybe some guidance on where the jedi are where the republic is that kind of stuff as well yeah i think we're all thinking on the same sort of wavelength here that um i've I'm not a huge dogfighter guy. I mean, I do love the dogfights. They're awesome. Who doesn't? It's part of Star Wars. It's the DNA of Star Wars. Um, but I'm not, you know, there's some people who are all in on like the, the pilots and that sort of thing. And it's just never been my jam. I just sort of look at it as another ingredient part of Star Wars. But like you guys, I'm more interested in the fact that Patty Jenkins is coming on board. Uh, and I don't know if you guys saw the tweet that she um, did, the little video, uh, which to me honestly seems like her pitch for the movie. It seemed like that's what exactly she said when she walked through those doors in Lucasfilm. Uh, it's, you know, this is why I'm making the film. This is why it's important to me. And this is why, from a human perspective, you should be excited. Uh, so this video turned it on its head for me because people could complain that uh, Lucasfilm are just these people in the office going, right, oh, so what are the different factions of Star Wars? We have Jedi, we have bounty hunters, we have uh, dogfighter pilots, let's make a movie about them. It could be very easily be seen as that, but seeing this video from Patty Jenkins and seeing the perspective she's coming from, you know, from, you know, that it is, you know, uh, Starfighter pilots is incredibly powerful to her because her dad was one, her dad lost a life serving in the military, you know, she used to see him go fly off every day. So if it's that much of an importance to her, I don't doubt she can craft something really special from this. It may not be my jam in Star Wars, but again, I go back to the buffet um, allegory. This is not for us, but the person next door to us might absolutely love this. And, you know, if you get a director like Patty Jenkins involved, all the better for it, I think. I have only one request from Paddy Jenkins for this whole film, and it's to include Chris Pine, just to combine his pilot from Wonder Woman with Captain Kirk and back to Star Wars. I think that'd just be a lovely triangle that would make me happy. That would be cool. 
That'd be cool. I also want to kind of talk about the era of where this is going to take, because as you said, Niall, it's very ambiguous in the when the little description they give and the the future era of the galaxy. Uh, and from when I, the little stills that they had of like the X wings and stuff, I had a little look, and the insignia looks more closer to the insignia and how it looks in the sequel era than it does in the original trilogy. So. You know, I've got a kind of feeling that this cost possibly could take place during the sequel trilogy or even possibly after The Rise of Skywalker. I would hope after. Yeah, I, I got a feeling mm. it was after from what they said for the new generation. And, you know, I really hope it is. Um, you know, I also got kind of the vibe of Rogue One in the sense that even though that was an in-between story, and I, I hope this isn't an in-between story, but at least was justifiable in the sense that somebody had a great idea, kind of like the Marvel approach of like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we had like, you know, Captain America is this like political thriller. It's the same with Rogue One. They were like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we had this like down on the ground war film about the people who found the plans to the Death Star? So it's, it's that it seemed like it, it came across like that as well. The Patty Jenkins came with this idea of like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we had this, you know, uh, squadron film, which is, you know, and like, you know, she's given her scope and, and given the idea straight away so it's coming it's not coming from like what you guys said they could quite quite easily come across as like oh uh, we'll do this film because this is this kind of faction it's coming from an actual original like this is why we should make this this is what the idea of the film would be which i think is good and and they also did recently have that star wars squadrons game which you know might make it a bit more like easy for people to think like oh they're just you know based on like video games and books and that kind of stuff but you know, I haven't played that personally, but I did like the aspect of that, that they had the different species and stuff in it. So they had recognizable uh, species like, you know, Malurians and stuff like that in there. So I think it'd be a good chance for them to do stuff like that as well is diversify, you know. It's like what we said in uh, the Mandalorians is no longer stop villainizing the aliens. Let's get some uh, let's get some good guys in there on their side. If if one of them is just you know if they land on a planet and walk away and one of them then puts a tracking beacon on there, I'll just, be able to walk out the cinema like damn it. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I I'm excited for the prospect of it starting something completely new and yeah you know like I said obviously a talented mm-hmm. director and with to just Patty go Jenkins. to the cinema and see a Star Wars movie. I don't know why. It just feels like it's been yeah. so long. And I know it's only been a year, but this year, you know. This year's been a long year, yeah. And we got to wait three more years before we can see this one. But it'll be at Christmas again, which I think is really great because especially like yourself, Jake, you said, you know, you're, you love that aspect of it being at Christmas, that yearly tradition. So it's good that Oh, be absolutely. Back at that the place, last five you know. years since The Force Awakens, it's now become like a family tradition. Like we all go and see the new Star Wars film. So, and even though it is quite a while away you know since rise of skywalker when this comes out it would be four years even if it's not really our jam our type of star wars film think about because we've been four years without a star wars film think about how excited we're all going to be going into this like no matter what because we're going to be like damn a new star wars film in the cinemas exactly all right so let's get to the second talked about film which we don't really have a lot of information from uh, it was rumored that Taika Waititi would be doing a Star Wars flick, and this was basically confirmed. We still don't know the name of the film or when it's going to come out. Uh, and all they basically said was Taika's approach to Star Wars will be fresh, unexpected, and unique. And they did give us a little image of the logo in a very interesting style of you know, animation. So 
Niall, what do you think about Taika going and doing a Star Wars movie? I do think the logo was him having a laugh. You know, I, I don't think that's going to be the final logo. Although I'd, I'd kind of dig it in a way. I'm... I didn't know if that was like reused or not. I was like, is that like, what, did they sort of just source that? Or was that actually from the project? So I was like, I've, I felt like I'd seen it before. I didn't know it if it was It kind of reminded me of the animation that we saw in the holiday special. Ooh. If he yeah. adapts that short into a whole movie, God bless him. God, if if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Taika. <laughs> he's, go- he's doing two holiday yeah, specials. Yeah, it's funny because <laughs> it reminds me before... Um, before Mon- uh, Mandalorian season one, when I learned Taika Waititi would be directing an episode there, I was actually really worried because I like Taika Waititi. I don't love all the stuff he's done, but I don't want to get into that because that's a whole different discussion. But I was just worried because, you know, he's so um, humor focused mm-hmm. and Star Wars is always, you know, has, has humor in it. But I was worried, oh, I don't want an out and out comedy. And then his episode of Mandalorian was terrific. And yeah, so I'm very excited because I think he's a sharp guy. I think the fact he's been given freedom to do his own thing, pretty much. The concept art we saw is very, like, 70s sci-fi pulp cover or something. It's, like, really weird looking. So I'm just, I'm delighted that someone's doing something very different. So, and, um, you know, he's proven himself. The man's made blockbusters. He's made a lot of money. He's won an Oscar. So what what am I going to do? Tell him he's wrong? (laughs) Yeah, Dave, what do you think? Yeah, it's quite similar. Like I, when Taika Waititi, Waititi was announced for that episode, I had a similar reaction of like, oh, um, I'm not sure. You know, I like him as a director, but I'm not sure he's quite right for this franchise. And, you know, the more I thought about it, especially after this announcement, I'm like, well, you know what? Even if this is completely batshit crazy and it is like everyone sees it and they're like, that's not Star Wars, that's not this. Like, well, that's the point is we need to get to this stage now in which people accept that films don't have to be a traditional Star Wars film. And, you know, at the end of the day, as somebody who like, you know, enjoys Clone Wars and the prequels, then you kind of have to get on board with that because the Clone Wars did that quite often. Like, hey, let's just have this episode about nothing or, you know, let's have this episode about, you know, like in tribute to Godzilla. You know, it's it's the fact that, you know, they've tried that before and like he is a very good director to do that, taking a completely different direction. Um, but I also think that uh, the vibes that I got from that artwork and it kind of made me just like headcanon, like what a, a funny potential narrative, which would just be weird. But it kind of gave me like Life of Brian vibes, like the font. It made me look like looked a bit like Monty Python's Life of Brian, that font with the big stone letters. And I was just like, how hilarious would it be if they did like what they did in that film of like, oh, they find the wrong, you know, they go to the wrong house instead of Jesus. Imagine it is just like somebody goes looking for Luke Skywalker, finds the wrong kid, and then they just like raise him as like the prodigal son or the guy who'll bring balance to the force and he's just some average <laughs> Joe in the galaxy or something. Part of me can't help but feel he may have seen I think someone made a joke post years ago. It was like Star Wars fans will see anything and it was like gonk droid a Star Wars dumb. story. <laughs> yeah. And I do wonder as he's yeah, seen that. Yeah. And has he taken that as a challenge? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, again, I'm on board with you guys. Going into The Mandalorian, I'm a huge fan of Taika. He's actually one of my favorite uh, current directors at the minute. Like you said, Niall, he's got a really good eye for detail and stuff. But I was somewhat worried about, it's not so much can he pull off a good episode of Mandalorian, it's and not about the humor, it's does his style of humor fit in with Star Wars? 
Um, and we were proven wrong because it, it perfectly does. He And he had some comments actually before uh, season one premiered, uh, which filled me with confidence when he basically said, look, I know I have a distinct style of comedy and I get the style of comedy that fits in Star Wars. So, you know, he gets it. He knows the f- the line to walk and what lines to step over. Um, but if he's given more freedom in this one, I reckon he could probably cross those lines a bit more and it wouldn't matter as much because it's not fitting into maybe a bigger story that John Favreau's doing, if you know what I mean. So... And, and Ragnarok is a great demonstration of, again, you know, you could have that early, like, worry of, oh, he's going into Marvel. I'm not sure if he's right for this, but that film proved exactly. that, Exactly, you know, and it turned out to be balance. one of Marvel's most successful films. So it, it just says it all. And then it yeah. really reaffirms uh, my opinion of him when I saw Jojo Rabbit. Because here's this guy taking a really serious subject matter and, you know, hitting it, hitting all the drama points perfectly, but also adding, adding the humor and making it work. So if he can do that with Star Wars and still have the big fun that he had in Thor Ragnarok, you know, he, he talked about that Thor Ragnarok was inspired by Flash Gordon. I mean, that's another one of the inspirations of Star Wars. So he could go even crazier. You know, like the Ragnarok, we could get big, colorful worlds, crazy costumes, crazy new aliens. I'm all for it. I don't think we'll see it for a long time. You know, he's probably he's going to be busy working on the next Thor movie, and he's probably got other indie stuff of his own plans. But either way, I'm excited. So bring it on. If it is about a little boy who has Palpatine as his imaginary best friend, uh, I, 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 I stole I my joke now. You I just can't do it. Uh, no, no, like, listen to my pitch. Broom oh, boy. Broom boy. <laughs> broom boy. Broom boy is back. And yeah, and his good old imaginary friend, Sheev. <laughs> Mind you, Sheev was alive at that point, so that makes it even weirder. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of the failed clones. <laughs> so uh, that basically, that's it for the movies, guys. Um, what did you think? Did you think... We're gonna get more movies in the future. You think they're play? You think there's more in development? You think they're just playing things a bit more close to the chest? What do you guys think? I do know. Um, Kevin Feige is producing a movie as well that wasn't mentioned then, but I know because there's been so many people coming on to projects and off projects. I think they've gotten that together. I think they're a lot more confident in creator ability now, just from the sounds of it, and the people who are doing the TV as well. So I'd be curious what he wants to do with it because outside of Marvel. I don't know what makes Kevin Feige tick, you know? Mm. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting. I mean, who knows? He might be a producer on the Tiger film. They, oh, he could he's be. He's got a good relationship with him. I also wanted to ask, well, basically the elephant in the room, the Ryan Johnson so-called trilogy that was announced ages ago, which is still, you know, the article is still on StarWars.com up there live. They haven't taken that down or anything. So what it, do you think that's dead in the water or do you think that's just a matter of time? Because there clearly was an internal discussion at some point about the b- bizarre, huge spectrum of the the reaction to The Last Jedi. And I do feel they may have said to Ryan, like, you know, take some time because we're going to just let this pass over as soon as people get calmed the hell down. And, you know, he's had huge success with Knives Out since. He's working on a sequel to that. So I really, really hope that they are still planning to make it. Because despite what anyone thinks about The Last Jedi, I think a lot of people who don't like it, maybe it is the connectivity to the, the mainline films that's their problem. So the fact that giving him like more free range and saying, do your own thing, like with Taika Waititi, 
that could be it could be great that honestly out of anything announced if that was confirmed to still be going ahead that would be the thing i'm most excited about dave yeah because i think in terms of having a new trilogy that's again where i think he would be in the best hands because he clearly has great ideas for how to carry out story arcs and you know character progression and that kind of stuff so like you said you haven't got that you know oh you know you're ruining luke or you're doing this or that doesn't happen you've got this idea of like you know well it's his own characters he can do whatever he wants kind of thing and i think again i would love it to be in you know a after rise of skywalker world so that you're not constrained by any of those either i think that he would have more freedom to do what he wanted and i think that just as a director he could really bring some fun ideas and you know ships and characters and aliens into it because he clearly has an eye for that kind of stuff as well as seen in the last jedi but it was kind of like it was all squeezed mm -hmm. in there kind of thing um so you know and he obviously enjoys like some of the space stuff as well because we had a lot of that film set you know on the you know the rebel cruisers and the imperial stuff so i think he you know if he has the space and and i'm a big advocate for it as well because even though i have problems with the last jedi I, I wrote something that's on my like WordPress site and I said, you know, I think it will be really like cowardly of Disney to say, you know what, all mm -hmm. these people are right to hate on this guy. I think that would be like an awful thing to do. I think it's like it would be such a shitty thing to do. You know, stick to your guns. If you think he's a talented director, mm -hmm. don't just go back on that. Sorry to cut in there, Dave, but it's they had such confidence in him because they announced this trilogy before The Last Jedi even came out. They were like, Ryan Johnson's going to do this new trilogy uh, to usher a new world in Star Wars. And everybody was like, oh, my God, that means the last they've got so much confidence in The Last Jedi. It's amazing, you know. Mm. And they <laughs> did, you know, um, like because that was in production during Force Awakens. J.J. Uh, Abrams read the script and said he loved it before it went out. So a lot of the, the things that have come out of people were well, not people involved, but the speculation people have made about that film's production is so wrong just like factually mm -hmm. wrong oh. so come on now we all know there was a script that ryan threw in the bin the jj road no i can't way. believe he just like took snoke out back and shot him what a sick <laughs> son of a bitch i think the last jedi has been the only production that lucasfilm have done since disney acquired it that hasn't had problems that hasn't had some form of behind the scenes drama in some ways, Benioff and Weiss did take a bullet, maybe in some ways for Rian Johnson, because, you know, that was a circumstance in which they didn't have a track record with Star Wars, but the Game of Thrones stuff went so against them, and people really were like, no, because, you know, it was a trilogy as well. Um, you know, that might have alleviated some of the mm. hate or pressure off him. Um, but it's like you said, even at the top, Jake, you know, it's like, well, if we come to it and he does make that trilogy and there's, there's a lot of people, I still see it to this day on Facebook. They're like, what a trash film. I hate that film. Worst piece of garbage I've ever seen. It's like, you don't have to go watch it. Just go watch one of the series on Disney plus. If that's your, your jam, you know, you don't have to watch everything Star Wars makes. If that's not your jam, don't go watch it. But I wanted to talk about Kathleen Kennedy because there's been loads of talk in the past few years again about her. of just like, get Kathleen Kennedy out. It's all, you know, it's the whole like pin it all on one person kind nonsense of and to me this was kind of like a real a real kevin feige moment of like how could you get rid of this person who's just literally being like hi here are these like you know 10 projects that you know i have been involved with i've given the green light on which are now getting great responses you know i i to me in my eyes she would have to see all that yeah through. like a lot of the people who are saying this nonsense like fire kathleen kennedy 
also like to pretend that she's not involved with the Mandalorian, <laughs> yeah. which they love. They're like, no, that's Dave Filoni. Like, he's taken over the company. Like, I've never heard that man speak. He's so gentle. Do you think he's yeah. taking over Lucasfilm? She's also responsible no, for exactly, green lighting yeah. the last season of The Clone Wars. Do you know what I mean? That mm, never yeah. would have happened were it not for Kathleen Kennedy. No, the woman's a saint as far as I'm concerned. And the fact that the people who say get rid of Kathleen Kennedy were very, very likely to be the people who say get rid of Lucas, yep. Lucas killed mm-hmm. my childhood, all that kind of stuff as well. So, ah, you know. Star Wars fans. <laughs> <laughs> right, so this is the way. This, this is, is the, the way. way. So, uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not signing off on that one. <laughs> So that's the end of part one. Part two will be all about the TV shows. And part three will be all about the cartoons. See you then.